Say goddamn. You said, all right, all right, all right. I said, let's do a podcast. Let's sit down. Let's get a coffee. Let's just talk about one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. With the sound, got a little podcast. Grab yourself a little coffee and a podcast. Mm-hmm. Big, look at my big bottle of proper 12. Conor McGregor's one, that is. Uh, Alex's brother got it me for my birthday. Yeah. So, what was the what was the hearing test for? For the military? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had uh, a couple of hearing tests. That's my last job. I had to have a hearing test as well. An engineering job. Was that engineering job? Someone asked me at work yeah, yesterday so like about it. NDT, non-destructive testing. So what I was doing is testing welds. Well, I'm not actually testing welds in the last job. It was more testing titanium bars in a tank of water, rotating it around and then scanning it ultrasonically. Um, but I think it's because it was a factory sort of setting. You had to have headphones on. Not headphones, ear defense on. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to monitor. So see where you're hearing is to start off with, so it basically can't like, screw you over at the end. To say that you've had hearing decreases at the time. So what would, what are them bars used for? For all sorts, mate. For all sorts. Like our biggest suppliers was Rolls Royce, Airbus. So mostly our aerospace. Um, so were the bars automotive. like cranks, engine parts, or literally, or imagine a plane that gets made from something. Yeah. That's this is what it gets made from. Oh okay. Most of the parts in a plane is made from titanium long wearing durable tough so it was just it was a piece of metal just like a bar massive and then that would go off and be molded into something but it had to be tested first yeah yeah so you could see the inside because it obviously gets melted down from little tiny pieces basically it all gets crushed together yeah and then there's like a soaking and a let it dry and heat it up again let it dry and there's like a way that they work it so it's really 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 strong and then because of the way that it's created it could, there could be voids or cracks on the inside, and oh. there's no any, not really any other way to see it. Ultrasonic, that's ultrasonic. like high pitch sound, right? That's what ultrasonic is, right? Yeah, basically a sound wave, yeah. And that would pick up that it's damaged. Yeah, so it sends like a a signal. Easy way to sort of describe it is, you put the probe on the top of the bar, and it will send a pulse if you want to the bottom of the bar and then back up. And you can you know the width of the bar, so you know where that signal should come up. So basically, if anything comes up between the front wall and the back wall, you know that there's something there that shouldn't be there. Oh, so it just goes straight through. Basically, yes. It's a lot in more, simple terms. Yeah, in simple terms. <laughs> in simple, when I when I worked in Belgium, layman's um, terms. That was angles and welds, and that was much much harder. Oh, I bet. Much much harder. There was people, a lot of people, much much better than me. <laughs> Much better than me, actually. So, so the ear test things you would have was just to make sure that it's not affecting your hearing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly in that job. In the army, it was more you have an annual hearing test because you sort of play with... Guns. Guns and I can't wait to get things. into guns. Uh, yeah, it's good. I think it, it just became a bit normal towards the end. I've done it since. Went to uh, Budapest on shooting range. That was really good. Really enjoyed it. I used to love paintballing. Get a bit too into that, so, probably. Do you, so the, with, with going on with the ear test because I was I, when I was a mechanic I only ever got it was only ever smoke tests to make sure that we're not inhaling too much smoke and stuff okay. which we should have had ear tests really yeah because yeah, yeah. the noise the the the, the air <coughs> tools and stuff we were playing with yeah so 
would when they're testing that could that then say that you need to leave the military or leave the job you're in if it comes i mean if bad? It, yeah if it's really bad yeah if you can't hear something out of one ear then you're not in a good way because you might not be able to hear something what someone's telling you and it might be move out of the way you're just gonna get run over sort of sketch so um i don't think it happens very often i don't, I don't know enough about hearing to know but i had a perfect i have had a perforated eardrum and that's kind of went back to normal i think ears are quite durable and they do heal quite well yeah i had um i had a friend who he'd been in the military older friend so i oh know you're quite old but an older friend <laughs> um so obviously he wasn't as looked after back then yeah and he ended up with tinnitus from it tinnitus yeah it's mad because i i used to spend a lot of time with him and when he said he was suffering from it i was okay didn't really get it until i watched that movie with um oh my god the country movie with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Oh, the star. And he, star, is, star born. is born. And he's got tinnitus. He's got it. And he starts drinking because of it because that's the only time he can get the buzz to go away. Yeah, yeah. And then when he's on stage, he can't hear. So he gets it ramped right up in his ears. So then he's going again. It just gets worse and worse. Yeah, it can't be nice. And I then, think, yeah, that's the problem. You don't know it. it once it's done, it's done. Yeah. You don't know at the time necessarily. And you think, well, I don't really want to wear ear defenders or whatever. Yeah. Unless you actually have to. But certainly, in my last job, you did have to wear them. You were supposed to wear them, but a lot of people didn't. Yeah. Because it isn't that easy to hear people. So, but then it's too late, and there's nothing you can once you've got tinted. I don't think there's anything you can't come back from that. You're talking hearing aids and going on from yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's like your eyes, really. You need to look after them. 100%. Your eyes and your ears, you really need to look after. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being deaf or blind. Like the people who do deal with it, I'm like, yeah, amazing. Well done, like amazing. I think it's hard when you when it happens later on in life as well, and you've experienced half your life with all those senses, and then for whatever reason it happens, I can't. That must be so hard. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I think seeing if I couldn't see would be worse for me. Yeah, if I I couldn't see again, once I'd already seen, and then I'm an overthinker massively. Yeah, so I'd be like thinking like, what's changed? What hasn't changed? What do people look like? What do things look like? Yeah, it can't be easy because that's. That's a bit the same as my thought of dying. I'm afraid of dying. And it's probably because I'm a bit selfish, but the world carries on without me. And I think that's the same, probably, it's probably the same sort of feeling to if I lost my sight. Like, that's why I'm scared to die. I'm like, think of the things that are going to happen I don't think people when aren't I die. scared to die, though. I think most people are scared to die. I don't think... It... The fear of dying, as long as I die quick, yeah. the fear of dying is, is, is okay. But it's just that thought of once I'm gone... Things things carry on. Like the what will I miss? Like my granny, my, my granny, she missed the iPhone. Yeah. She missed, I don't know, things that have big big things that have happened in technology advances or this is going on now. Yeah. <laughs> and you think well, they missed it? Like, it's the it's the people that are left behind. It's hard. I think that it's not. I don't necessarily have a fear of. I think there is obviously some fear of dying. There has to be. I think. It, You've never done it before, and most people are scared of things they've done before, which is is totally acceptable. But I think it's it's when you start thinking about it that the people that you're leaving behind, how hard it would be for them. Yeah. Because once you're gone, you're gone. That's it. It's not hard for you anymore. If anything, it's easier for the guys you've left behind. That's where it's hard. They're the guys that suffer. Did you ever have that thought when you were in the military? I don't know that I did, you know. So I know you were younger. Like, oh, yeah, what age did you know. join the military? Uh, Please check out waxandrelaxdoublex.co.uk. They smell 
amazing and they're handmade they're handcrafted by the people who sell them we've got one pumping in the studio right now just behind uh the camera and it smells beautiful in here you think it, it was some sort of a beauty parlor um and you can get them at www.waxandrelax double x on the relax guys because it's just double the amount of relaxing when you get these bad boys flowing dot co dot uk sponsor of this podcast at uh, 19 i was 19 till uh 26 27 so 19 26 between that age you, yeah you wouldn't really have that thought would you no i don't think not that it made any difference to me no i think especially when you're that young that that sort of age in the army you get a bit cocky and it's nothing's real i think a very similar to what's happening right now it's not real unless it's happened to you yeah so unless you've been directly affected by it people die on the news every day but you, you know it doesn't really affect you yeah which is not necessarily a good thing either but it happens whereas when you're in a situation where it could happen to you i think that's why in a lot of ways the army is good because it trains you not to think like that you're not you're not you know moving around in afghan for example moving around the ground thinking holy shit like i'm gonna get shot and i'm gonna die but like you're there confident you get trained really 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 well cocky or confident i think there's a fine line <laughs> i think it's a very fine line <laughs> just um, rocking around like 90 i can imagine 19 20 year olds that yeah you, just this ain't gonna happen to me like bowling around just thinking nah this won't happen bam bam like in a movie that, yeah that's probably one of the better ways to be though because if you're scared like, yeah, yeah if you're yeah. i mean i think people are still scared i think you know there's that sort of saying with no without fear there could be no courage and i think that's massively applicable to the military guys are scared to go but they know it's sort of their duty and like i said the training is so good and you're not you're more going for the people you're going with like everyone say the military's a family and it absolutely is true you work with the guys you live with the guys they are like your brothers and you want to protect them yeah so you doing your job certainly the job i was doing will help someone else massively help someone else so yeah, for, for the listeners and the viewers, well, let's get into what job you did. So my question, a lot of people will run away from explosions, guns, and just going into the military, you're not running away from that, you're going towards it. But you yourself were going to find it. Yes. And that in my mind <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound correct. Like there's a bomb, it could explode. Yeah. Ooh, let's go find it. Like. There's not a murderer running around in the street and I'm going to be like, let's go find it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's easy to think that. I mean, I, I actually remember the first, when I actually volunteered to go. Um, we were on a little construction tour. Beerstead, for any of you that remember. Um, and they were just like, right, does anyone want to go to Afghan, basically? And my old mate were just like, where do you want to go? <laughs> so we, they say never volunteer for anything. They're probably right because then later on we found out that that's actually what we were going to go and do, be part of a Royal Engineer search team. So what were you doing before that then? Uh, Royal Engineers do a bit of everything, construction, Dems. I mean, day to day, not a great deal. Um, you have sort of little deployments going on, exercises, training. So like if a bridge needs building or... Yeah, that... kind of. That's what... more sort of exercise role. Day to day on camp, you might be doing, you know, lessons, um tidying up the camp, moving stuff around, that that kind of sort of generic stuff. And then they obviously plan things and week it was, to week. And it was that easy. I'll go, sir. 
pretty much yeah. hand up yeah yeah let's rock and roll yeah yeah it was actually that easy and then i got sort of put with a with a little team like at school there's, there's a broad in the playground it's your yeah. mate i'll go yeah yeah like, absolutely why not i mean that i was in, totally in the mindset that that was sort of happening thick and fast all the afghan stuff and when i actually got to my unit i think three, it was about three days and everyone left to go to afghan and i didn't go and that was one of the worst things like so i sort of went through the first six or seven months without even really getting to know anyone apart from the new guys yeah so then when everyone came back it wasn't really that easy to integrate with everyone they've all got this shared experience and then like it was a little bit of a divide obviously it went pretty quickly yeah, like, yeah. But, um certainly didn't join the army to sort of shy away from that kind of thing thought it'd be exciting it, it was exciting to be fair what was your reason for joining the, the military uh, pretty, pretty basic to be honest. So genuinely, I was working in um, just a little factory, just down the road from where I lived. Got to about nineteen, eighteen, and I, I literally woke up one day and I thought, "What am I doing with my life? Like I'm just wasting it." And my brother was in the army as well. When he come back with stories, he tell me all these good things that he's been doing. Let's just put a pin in that there. Your brother. Let's drop that. Let's drop this bomb on there. Let's do it. How how many of you? How many brothers? Uh, two brothers. How many sisters? Four sisters. So yes, guys, that is six of them. Six. If I'm doing six. Six. Older sister. Six. Yeah. And they all came out at near enough the same time. Three minutes apart. Yeah. So you are this only Britain's only second six tuplets. Second six tuplets. Yeah. So guys. It's a Coffee with Sam podcast exclusive. <laughs> and I'm probably never going to have this again. And yeah. no one in the UK is probably ever going to have. I've got someone in my in my studio who is part of a six tuplet, which is incredible. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, Stuart Coleman. And what, what was the, how do you find it, the story? of? Uh, I, found I it on think the Col- Coleman six tuplets is, uh, is a good search. Col- Coleman six tuplets. Yeah. And you find this bad boy on there. Exactly. And when he told me, guys, I didn't believe him either. I had no to go and search it. No one does believe me. I think that's so weird. I, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Like you say, when it happens to you, yeah. until it happens to you, you don't believe it. Yeah. Tri- tri- quads is the one. Like, quads, no, no chance. But Crazy. And it was natural, right? No, no, it wasn't natural. Absolutely <laughs> oh, not. I was hoping that was going to be a cream of the crop. I mean, like, <laughs> just bomb it in there. Since I've, uh, since I've had my, my girls, I totally appreciate what they how they coped like i mean i don't really know how they coped i've got two just um it's yeah you got work. a recent newborn right yeah absolutely congratulations five weeks, five weeks. all healthy mom baby yeah, healthy doing right. tired awesome i, I think, bet uh, i bet exhausted is probably a better word it's hard work <laughs> it is hard work with two kids but i think it would only i hope it would only get uh, uh easier as time goes on but obviously i'll get a break go to work because leah girlfriend is is a bit of a hero struggling through Every day, yeah. The, the moms are really, and they are the I think so. they are the hero. They they hold it, they give birth to it, yeah. And then they have to, they ha- not have to, but they they take that pressure post birth for quite a while until because it's they they don't want to let go. The baby don't want to let go, and yeah, it's hard. I've got all that to come, all that growing. It's up good. It's still. amazing. It's amazing, but it's hard. All that growing up, you'll get there. So yes, you were six tuplet. I, I, I completely forgot about that. To be honest, I don't know why that was not in one of my questions. I can't believe that was not in one of my questions. Yeah, I mean, I forget um, myself. <laughs> it's all just, it's just normal. Until you're at a party. That was a, that was a very, very sort of very favourite question for a lot of people when they come to see us, sort of news people and, and people like that. Also, like being a six tuplet. Yeah, you're on the TV and all sorts, aren't you? Yeah, I've been on a few things. Yeah, Blue Peter and things. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like he's famous. Yeah. Your mom did all the hard work, all right? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> did. I, I still it amazes me. 
think actually carried. Yeah, you said your missus with one. She had six. Yeah. <laughs> she must have. It, <laughs> it must have been so like hard. She's got one of them exercise balls. You can just changing them, the what, feeding them, anything, anything normal. Going to have a shower. How do you even do that? Probably had some Wait. earphones like this. <laughs> Working. You can't put it's them anywhere. Just earphones like this yeah, and just put them on the bed. Earplugs, more like. Just <laughs> have cushions all over the floor. If they fall off, they been, fall off. It must have been so hard. So, I so bet, hard. yeah. And your dad, he, he was all right, like, dealt with it all, or was it pressured? Or uh, Dad was in the police, actually, so I think that sort of is pretty close to military discipline. I was going to say, yeah. Um, Deal with it, woman. But my dad, <laughs> I mean, we moved to, um, to Cheltenham when we were three. Uh, my dad was uh, in the Met in the police so he was there until we were like 10 so really it, it was just my mum and I said I've got an older sister as well she was seven looking after seven kids on her own and I probably only wanted two right just two yeah <laughs> had one thought you know we'll give this one a little brother or sister six sorry guys there's a, a six in there <laughs> that backfired <laughs> massively massively uh, so yeah so in the military you're 19 you put your hand up your yeah. hand up in this you're like yeah Let's do it. Yeah. Look around. One of your friends has said, yeah, let's go. You're sent out there. You find out. Do you know what you're going to... So you tell you you're training as an engineer. Is that how it works? Or you just train? You just train in the military and then you go where they so put you? Or join the army as an engineer. Do your basic training. Everyone does basic training. Then you go into your sort of specific role training. Yeah. So combat engineer, engineer training. Did that for a few weeks. And then engineers have specific trade training. So it's actually a bricklayer, concreter by trade. And then you can sort of specialise on top of that. So obviously I went into search and that's vast and vast amount of training specifically for that, let alone deployment. Because you do exercise after exercise, training after training. It's jumped into so it becomes second nature. And it literally does become second nature. So then you're 19, you find out now that this you've been deployed or you're being deployed, right? Well, to be fair, I was probably more like 21-ish by the time I was. 21. 22, maybe. But being a Royal Engineer, you could go out there to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Well, engineers go out, you would go out there all, all the time to do sort of field fortifications. And so you build. went out there and ended up... When was that dropped on you that you were going to go looking for things that go boom? Straight away, like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, straight away. Then did your hand do this? Oh, no, I was just like, <laughs> why not? Just do it. Why Slowly not? just dropping your hand like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like, like, like I said, quite an exciting, quite an exciting thing, and I don't think you could really think much more than that. Like, yeah, I think mean, that sounds really good. I'll go and do that. But then, once I start getting into it, and you're like, well, shit, I'm actually gonna go and look for some bombs now. But then, like I said, the training and stuff is well, absolutely world class, and you don't, you're just not thinking it. Yeah, just doing all. your job. Um, and then obviously, it's something I think it's in my nature. Like, I want to be. That's definitely something that I wanted to be good at. And I think I was pretty good at it. So it came quite well to me. I picked it up really well. Um, I actually remember my first search when I was deployed. I, look, I think now about it as well. And it, Outside of a, a camp, if you want, there was a, just a big area that they needed cleared. And unusually, it was actually concrete. So there's me walking. I was at, at the front, volunteered to be at the front. There's me walking along with my detector, like really every step perfect arc, doing it by the book as you suppose. And I look back on it and think, well, it's actually concrete, so there's not actually going to be anything there because I can't dig into concrete. So I know it sounds weird. To Obviously, I'll just look back in that and I just laugh. <laughs> to what I was like at the start, to what I was like at the end. Yeah. I mean, the guys, the other guys in the team were were exactly the same. 
they would just look. Oh yeah, overthinking, rows. overthinking everything Massively when you're overthinking for, first doing it. Massively overthinking, Cause yeah. you, especially if you're at the front. Because you knew there's ten people behind you at least. Yeah, they've got to walk where you walk, so you you need to be sure of yourself. So how does an exercise go down? Like literally that. They're picking a, is it a bit of road or an area or a, a, a village and could like... be any any of you above any of you above it's different drills for sort of each scenario so you train in in all of them okay There's... and you get so you get deployed not deployed you get sent in okay this is what we're gonna do yeah is it then you have, you have a plan tactical team is there more than one team or are you all one there's always a plan always a plan so you'll get sort of tasks so an infantry course I might want to utilize an area go into a building. They're not sure if it's safe to do so. They create what's called a cordon, so they'll find out around the area. They'll send us in. They'll search the area. Maybe they're looking for something specific. So they will task us. Our officer, our, the guy in charge of us, will write uh, a brief, a plan, yep. filter it down to us. We'll go and execute said plan. And it literally is as simple as that. And how does that go down? Like, so you're in this va- you're in this vast area, desert. There's a few houses, a few things like you're going into, say, let's say a village yeah. in the desert. Hard, hard, much harder in the visit, more places for in a village, even more, many more. And are you doing time. the search for what's around, or are you literally, is it okay, this is where the bomb could be, that's what we're going to search for? Like? Uh, a little bit of both, I think. A little bit of both. If the guys want to move through a village um, and it's suspected that there has been, you know, the enemy, if you want, there, we will, we're searching a road and just off the road so it's safe for us to travel through so it's job specific purposely for what the other guys want to do basically so then do you have a team looking after you or do you do you do you you learn combat do you learn combat like you learn to fire your own weapon do you have a weapon yeah yeah absolutely have a weapon yeah we uh had a sidearm as well so again i was at the front i like holding a gun you think that but it's heavy for one and because we had people protecting us, it wasn't safe for us necessarily to fire. If we were fired upon, it wasn't safe for us to necessarily fire back. That wasn't our job. We had um, all the guys we worked with were absolutely amazing. They would, like I said, fan out either side of us and they would basically protect us because because of what we were doing and they, the Taliban base had such high success rate with IEDs, we were an asset and they knew that. So we were shot at a few times. Okay. So you've um, been shot at? Yeah, yeah, a few times. We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, we can't shoot back because our guys are there, basically. Yeah. So they're shooting in. Maybe we'll get through to us. Um, but if we shoot back, we've got a, a chance of hitting our guys. And obviously, that's not what we want. So we would no. just have to dig into the ground, get as low as you can, wait, wait for the guys to clip the, sort the situation, and then we'd go back and carry on. What's that like being shot at? Uh, at first, really scary really scary like um, say like 19 21 22 year old kid i've got this i'm brave i think you yeah. finally get that yeah. you're expecting it i think all the time um it is scary at first again because i've never been shot at before that's what i mean like you think you think it's like anything you think you know what it's going to be yeah like. you think you know what you're going to do and then even when you've even if you've been in the range like you said you've been in a range and you've shot yeah you're it's not them shot at like if we were sat here now yeah and one just someone just shot for the window and hit the wall yeah i don't even know if i could have time to panic yeah, it'd be more of a i think it'd be more of a oh my god like to think about that's a bullet like what was that yeah. first time like, like uh again, have you ever had a near miss yeah no a couple not that near, but a couple um, 
close, I think. Your boys were good looking after you. Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Um, like I said, you don't know how you're going to, you don't necessarily know how you're going to react, but you get, it's drummed into you how to react to it. Straight away, get down. Match your first instinct. I think that's, it's avoiding the instinct to run. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst thing you could do. What was, what, so what was your feelings the first time? Just get as low as I can. You were shot at. Get as low as I can. Just get down. Did you cry a little bit inside? No. <laughs> I think I would have done. No, I don't, I I'd not done really like wee. that. It's I, not like I that. I think I'd have done a little wee. I, I mean, you'd be surprised. I'd have um, done a little wee like, oh. Lots and lots of training. Really, really good training. Because there's my fear of, the world's going to carry on without me. The world will carry on, unfortunately. <laughs> don't shoot me, man. The world's going to carry on. Like I said, we had uh, three course signs around us were, were absolutely fantastic. Couldn't have, uh, asked Did you have to wear, like, helmet, body? Yeah, yeah, full gear, body armour. Did you ever have to have that bomb suit, them full bomb suits on? No, no, because that's sort of a different team that does that. That's um, We were just looking for the bombs. And then once we've found, or we think we've found something. So they could still go off, though, right? Uh, they could still go off, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you get, However, you get a little a little uh, bulletproof vest. Pretty big. Because you're looking for it. Yeah. But because but again, they're... Training. It's all about training, I suppose. Um, if you're doing your job right, then you shouldn't have any issues. So we would identify the device or suppose the device, dress back, calling the other guys. Yeah. The other guys have got the tough job because he's actually got to dig it up and do something with it. Ugh. That's the tough <laughs> job. Oh my god, I couldn't imagine. Like they get, uh, they're absolutely here. Like there's a bomb under there. We don't know how it's been made. Yeah. We don't know what pressure's going to set it off. What's traps are there to set it off? But you're going to dig it up. Again, training. No wonder they're rocking that Michelin man suit. You like. don't just cut around in that suit all the time. You'll never be able to move. <laughs> no, no, no. That's but just still, for like specific. No wonder they rock up in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it would still hurt, I think. If something went off. Still going through your feet, yeah. But yeah, they're the guys. They uh, they kind of deal with, deal with the device. Blow it up in where it is. Remove it. A lot of the time they do remove it. And then that's sort of future training. Show the other guys this is the sort of thing that they're, they're planting. Yeah. Because um, they kind of went from metal devices, all metal, pretty, relatively easy to find, big cooking pots, saw blades, to no metal devices. Oh. And that was very challenging. So you're you're looking, what are you looking for? Are you looking for, I don't know, is it like Home Alone? Are you looking for booby traps and whatever? Or yeah. what are you looking for? Like Everything. Because they're clever, aren't they? Very clever. I think people think that they're not clever, but they really, they've been doing this for a long, long time. They're good at what they do. And for the resources that they have, um, they use them really, really well. Uh, they're not just chucking them willy-nilly. They're do it, putting things in exactly the right place at exactly the right time, utilising the assets that they have. But we are aware of that. As they are aware of us, we are aware of the things that they're doing as well. So we can sort of counteract that by not getting into sort of specifics. We know that if we have a, a device that will block signals so they can't detonate a device with a phone, for example um or if it's run off a cable you know you see on they like to fuse at one end similar to that but we might sort of go around first yeah um and then deal with that so it makes it a little bit safer and then we've obviously got dogs and things like that which are absolutely incredible um we know what we're doing and even and i mean this is this is a few years ago now now our capability is absolutely incredible. So what what would you do, not once you found it, but to find it? Like how, what? 
So I think, apart so from not, the, surely apart not from just the, walk around kicking no, dirt no, no, and no, no. looking like a dude on the beach. <laughs> apart <laughs> from uh, the metal sex you've got in hand, I think the you know your mind and your eyes, are, you know your next best sort of tools because if you're walking down the straight road and there's a massive rock, <laughs> well, I've got visions side. of just you in a pair of shorts tap, with a metal detector. Yeah. John, I think I've got something. Yeah. Come over here. No, it's not. <laughs> Not, I mean, not much more. Pair of shorts, t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) And someone catches a wire on their foot and goes, yeah, yeah, I think I found it. Don't move. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a little bit more technical. What's the the most technical thing you've seen? Like you've come across, or have you come across from it when, were you there? Because you were there a few years back now. Yeah. Were you you there when there was maybe the first thing, like, whoa, we've never seen that before? Yeah. Uh, When they stopped using metal in the OEDs and started using carbon rods. From batteries, you can't pick it up with a metal detector. That happened sort of halfway through the tour, so we had to change the equipment that we were using to try and uh, pick it up. That was pretty tough. Wow. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Clever. You, really, really clever. It's because it's what we, the vision we get of people. Yeah. I'm trying to be. Yeah, racist, I think it is. Yeah. racist here, but yeah. the the vision we get of people, just these people out in these deserted countries with no money no resources no nothing that's when you could become clever yeah because you ain't got technology so really, you've got to really you've got to be as good as this microphone here but without having the microphone yeah. or like your podcast has got a sound just as good but when you see people like like when they make sound deadening and booths out of pillows and stuff, you know what i mean out of nothing yeah yeah it's got nothing and try and make something just as good as it yeah they're really really good really clever did you ever feel like you were being watched all the time oh, is that not weird you get used to it. You keep like saying this. You, you keep saying this. You get yeah, used to it. Yeah, but this is it. It's kind of... It probably sounds really cocky to say, but after the first couple of times getting shot, it becomes quite annoying. More, a lot, mostly because you can't shoot back, for one. All right, gangster. But, Gangsters do. Yeah, I know, I, know, I, know, I know exactly what it sounds like, but when <sighs> we're getting shot, being shot now. we have to stop what we're doing. And if we've got 10 miles of road to search, it takes a long time. <laughs> And there's not all we don't always have the capability to watch that area at night time. So we could go back, we could go home, they could plant another device. So there's no guarantee, there's no assurance. Because after we've been there, that's the assurance that it's safe to go over that into that area. So you start getting shot at five point, like just get down. Just get down and come on guys it's, we want like we want to keep going we, we want to keep doing our job yeah, yeah um but we know that we can and then especially if they like say if they don't have anyone overwatch at night time we have to come back and do that again oh, is that not so that that delays the next guys as well like dude you're looking for a bomb that could explode whilst people are watching you it, it's that thought yeah. of eyes being on you like i just Eyes that want to hurt you too. They want to see you blow up. They're probably sat there no, like, putting yeah. bets on all, all of us. For, to all of us, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. hello, honey. You want to put the temper? Oh, that's not even the good that's accent. A but... <laughs> but yeah, I no, got, no, I got no. ten. I got ten pound that this one blows up. I'm not used to an accent. Like, oh my god. We used to sort of. Um, I kill you. <laughs> you be. You can see them. You can see them, and that's a good thing. You can. You know, they can see us. We can see them as well. That's so weird. if they are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, then they'll soon get stopped. That's weird. Why is it weird? You know you can That's see That's their them. job. It's exactly the same what we're doing our job. That's their job. He's a, he's a watcher. He's supposed to be getting intel on us. That's his job. So you just... 
it's like just peeking at each other. But and then you, you know might, each other are peeking at each you other. You might go into um, like a village where there's 30 people there. You can't just stop. You have to just keep going. There's other people there to do protect you so they do their job while we do our job. You have faith in the people around you, 100%. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You have bodyguards and then you put the trust in the I bodyguards. Wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I would say bodyguards, but yeah. Come on, they're bodyguards. We had I'm not. I'm not downgrading the job you were doing, no, but no, you had no. bodyguards, come on. To a certain extent, yes. You had to drop to the ground and you got looked after by some savage nutcases that wanted to just stand up to bullets. You had they're, bodyguards. They're just really good. Infantry guys are really, really good at jobs. What is the what's the infantry? That's is that that is that what they do? They protect. Yeah, the fighters, the fighters for want of a better expression. That's what in, inf- um, infantry means. That's what they get trained to do, and they're really really good at. We couldn't do our job without them. Bodyguards, not bodyguards. <laughs> Just like heroes, because they're you know they're taking the flak for us basically. Ooh, you could go bang. Yeah, but it's unlikely if you're doing your job right. Please check out waxandrelaxdoublex.co.uk. Yeah, I suppose. What was your scariest moment? Like, how many tours have you done, actually? Let's get how many tours have you done? Just one tour of Afghan. I've done how like, long were uh, you there for? Uh, six, seven months. I've done like, construction tours and been to Kenya and, and little places like that. But... And do you feel like that fulfilled what you thought about the military? And the... I think I, I would have gone again. And what happened? Just didn't get the opportunity. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird, because you hear of people, like, for years, they're doing every tour under the sun. Yeah. And some, like, really struggle to leave. Like, I just want to leave the military now. And obviously you can't. You can't just up and leave, can you? Not easily, no. But you get that one, but then you get that one, and you want more, but you don't get it. Like, that's... I think you'd be surprised about the amount of people that actually want to stay there. Yeah. But I, I, think so. like, I think you'd be surprised. There's not as many. I think there's quite a lot, because yeah. you're doing the same thing. I had a friend who, who he worked, yeah, he he um, did quite a few tours. Yeah, and he had to. <laughs> he got court-martialed, not to go to prison because he left without being told he could leave. There's definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot. I think he got a bit of. He won't mind me saying that. Only if he, I don't even think he listens to this, but he he had a bit. It got to him. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it does. And he came home and came home and didn't want to go back. Yeah, told his family that yeah yeah he'd been released and and the old uh, military police knocked on the door and said. You come with us, mate. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the thing here about a lot of guys that, you know, suffer with PTSD and, and that kind of that kind of stuff. And uh, it makes you realise that, although I think I had a bit of a hard time, other people had a much harder time than me. It's because so, you have bodyguards. It's because you have bodyguards, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard, especially doing multiple tours. Uh, it does affect you. You see some stuff that you, you know, you don't necessarily want to see, but... You just look at it and then look away and then you carry on doing it. Like doctors and nurses, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to a certain extent, you kind of just become numb to right it. Right now, like they're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Doctors and nurses just, you probably speak to them and they're like, yeah, it's normal. That's their job. Only day's work. That's their job, yeah. Only yeah. day's work. And that's what like, Alex, she, she says she hates it because she, she was getting messages and she keeps getting messages and things sent to the house saying like, keep going, blah, blah. And she's just like, oh, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. And then she feels a fraud because she's not actually doing her job because she's not on the front line of such, but she still has to go to work and still has to look after people who could have it, so she's forced to be faced with yeah. with what's going on. Um, so a bit further on down, like you, like the, the infantry would probably say you're a hero, but they probably say, like you say, they're heroes. Absolutely. Like everyone, everyone always respects the other one in the line. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's only a good thing. So what was your scariest 
story moment like of being in the military being out in there uh a couple of couple of probably scary moments the first one would probably be i went to as to clear a road um we were just searching searching down the road as as you were found actually that was actually my first find of the tour i was kind of the last one in the team to find something so weirdly enough i was absolutely buzzing about it uh found this to the, i guess scary as you get in these good, visions good jumping around time. a desert going i found a bomb i found I a bomb really, i, I found was a genuinely bomb. really uh, they're like Stu, we need to uh, e, 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 i was really happy about it i was genuinely really happy I'm about it when, when um, that's what you're trained to do like you say it's not a bomb to you no it's not, not like really, a sniffer no, dog no, yeah. like a sniffer dog yeah, looking yeah. to summit you've done your job because that's what you've been trained to look for yeah so uh found this voice dressed back we went and had a smoke and had a, had a little chill while the other guys dealt with the device blew it in situ and then in your mind you've got well you know the area around that would probably be pretty good because if there was something close to it it would have gone off when the first device went off yeah so you feel pretty confident to not to not search i'm definitely not saying that but uh sort of you know you could maybe quicken up the pace went back literally took one step out of this crater i don't even think it's one step and i was like i heard a little beep and I like my foot sort of, and I got my foot back, and I got my paintbrush out, dug out, and then there was something else there, which I think is really, really rare, because like I said, so it could have gone off. The explosive. Stepped on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty close. That was pretty close. <laughs> cool, like, but <laughs> at the same time, Just waiting for the boom. We went back uh, again, and that the OC uh, of the infantry unit that we were there with actually came over to me and like shook my hand, said thanks. So although it was scary, like that was really nice for him to do so. Why? Why? What? Because an accident. You you potentially saved at least two people's lives by finding one. Oh, that's the way they see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's so nice. nice. That's, that's not. Yeah, nice to get a thanks for your yeah. job, not just why wow, you're doing your job. Yeah, like, I think so. I really still, appreciate that. You're doing that. your job, but really to get a thank that. you and. I think a lot of people were very appreciative of us. Um, so that cocky 21 year old was even more cocky yeah a little bit and he's got the boss like Confident. great job be like back into the tent it was really nice back into the tent well I like again like anything a find and a handshake it's a team only one day it wasn't just me it was a massive team effort I didn't do it I just found it yeah the other guys obviously had to deal with it they got recognition as well as they deserve um, yeah that, that was I probably was nervous I was a little bit close. yeah when you beep I thought about it afterwards you just, like, yeah I thought, when you get oh, obviously you got the adrenaline from finding your first find, yeah, and then a beep. So then, like you say, you've you're you're learnt, uh, you're taught to de- deal with well, what happens if you do find one? Yeah, yeah. So your adrenaline was probably like, whoa, another one. And then, you, like you say, you finally come down from that adrenaline, lay in your room, and you're just like, that could have gone bang. Yeah, I mean, didn't it? It, it didn't last for long, to be honest, because you're straight onto the next job and that. But you yeah. think about it for for half a second, you think, wow, I mean. I was that far away from treading on something. I found a couple of things, and then I think it's best not to think about it too much because you are that far away from potentially treading on something. Again, training comes in, but you could do your job. And I was good at my job. I felt like I was good at my job, so it wasn't really an issue. But um, do you think? And do you think you had that thought of you know we went back to the beginning when you had the thought of like about leaving people behind, and you never had that thought. Was that because you never thought you would die? Or just because... Yeah, I don't think anyone goes thinking, well, I'm not going to come back, so not really that worried about it. Or do you think it's because you were a 20-year-old kid who 
at the time you don't really think you're leaving her behind it's you and the world really probably a little bit of both probably a little bit of both single at the time didn't really care obviously family and brothers and sisters and our tribe um but i it's, i certainly didn't think that the i was football, going the not football to come team. back <laughs> no absolutely not uh i don't think anyone does i keep going on about this training but the training is really good <laughs> and it's just it just go it, they just well, force yeah, it in you're, there. You're tra- yeah you're trained to to think that it's you're going to go and come so home what, you're going to go and come home you're going to go and it's come just home. normal yeah the things that you're doing are just normal yeah like a lot of found recently uh just got a new job they love that I'm ex-military because people that are ex-military, thing a lot of things just become timekeeping. That's not even a thing to me. Like that's just normal to be there on time, to be somewhere on time. That couldn't be any more normal to not to be late. I said that just for the po- said just for the podcast. I looked at my I looked at my watch. I was like, it's five two, and uh, someone said, oh, uh, it, it, um, I'll, I'll let you know if he's outside or not. Yeah, and I was like, he'll be here at eight o'clock. They're like, why? Well, I said, because he's ex-military. I hate being late. I said, he's ex-military, so he won't be here early and he won't be here late. If you, it was He'll be a, here on time. Yeah, if you're not there five minutes before, you're late. You're late, yeah. You're late, so... And that was I, what I always said to my late. athletes. Yeah. I said to my athletes when I was coach. If you're not... If, you, if, you're, if you're here after quarter two, even though practice started at seven, if you're at quarter two, you're late. Yeah. Because you still got your trainers on. Absolutely. you still got to get kitted up. you still got to go in. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think, like I said, those type of things that people have to try at, ex-military military guys that's just normal so it goes into your sort of go, yeah it goes in yeah it goes into your into there's your no effort job. there yeah you just you just do it yeah and there's i think there's a lot of sticking to a plan like sticking to yeah. a yeah relaying instructions being given instructions i think there's a lot of things like that that employers absolutely love yeah i think our military and maybe the u.s military maybe i'd be happy I'll say this now i probably wouldn't be but when you used to have to go yeah yeah where I know that still goes in other countries because yeah. someone I work with is the reason why he fled his country yeah. along other reasons um, but fled his country because you're forced into the military until a certain age yeah. but I don't think it's a nice military I don't think uh, well equipped not nice thing. to them yeah. not well trained not it's a military but it's not like our military or the US military and I think it would be a good thing and you do see that quite a lot of people who i've seen people at school that i'd have thought will either be in prison by now or not even here and they've gone to the military come back to completely different people and it's because I, I do think it can be a good thing oh i absolutely agree um i know it is getting easier in the army now isn't it because of all laws and stuff like coming in yeah i don't necessarily agree with that either i mean it <laughs> I, had, I had josh on here who um he actually, he, he, I told you, he felt, he felt, I felt like an imposter because he never actually got to do a tour. Yeah. Um, but he was with the Royal Guards. Guards, yeah. Um, what's it called? It's called a name. There's a name to it. But protected the Queen, all that stuff. So outside the castle and did all that stuff. He never actually got to go on a tour and he hates yeah. it. Yeah. Hates it. He hates it. Everyone's got their um, job to do that. But he was saying, so now he's in the barracks uh, up in, what do you say, down up in Yorkshire. Um, that way, that's the barracks. Well, that about four hours. Carrick, old That's shot, it, Carrick. Carrick. Bang on, Carrick. Yeah. And he's ended up a PT. Yeah. And he was saying that he thinks the one thing that has changed for the worse is the way you, that you can, you can't break people down and build them back up again as much as you used to, which yeah. is what used to help the military. Because, like you say, a lot of people start at 19 years old and they need to be broken down no, and then built do. back up again. And yeah, it's not yeah. a bad thing to be broken down to be built back up again. Well, that's what they say. They break you and then re- they remake you. Yeah. Um. Very rarely does it ever go wrong. Like you will always come out better than you went in. Yeah. With 
more respect, more di- no self-discipline, much more awareness of what's actually happening around you, not just a cocky little teenager, basically. Yeah. And I think it's hard for, certainly, I mean, I wasn't in there that long, eight years, and it wasn't that long ago, but the older guys, they had a really, really hard time. And then I think for them to see what it's like now, one of my best mates, uh, still a staff in the engineers, and he, he actually said to me, look, not that long ago, that he said, I wouldn't like it now, because it's just too easy. Yeah. People are just... Which worries me. Treated a bit too Don't nice. worry me, because I do feel we're getting into the age now where war won't happen. Well, it's just sort of press the button a lot of times. Press the um, button, money involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not going to get into what's going on at the moment. Um is that war is that what some sort of warfare maybe um uh, we are getting to the point where we're not going to need the militaries we're going to need them just to scare people but it does worry me to think that it's it's getting easier to be honest i think we'll always need the military of in some sort of way just think it's getting easier it worries me that what are we being looked after by i think there's 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 still a a sort of level of class Yeah, yeah i get that but but not I, as I, no, I understand what and you're saying. And is 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 this the big rise in PTSD because of it? I don't think I don't think that is the case. I think people are just more aware of it now. It's always been there. I think, although a lot of things about the army have changed, maybe people are maybe it is a bit softer. But you know, mental health is a massive issue right now, and it it has been for a little while now. Whereas five ten years ago, it was just weakness. Yeah, I get that. But just seeing like like if if they're not broke down as hard to be back up as much, they then go through the stuff they go through. To then come out of the military, if they weren't that tough because they hadn't been broken down in the first place, maybe could I mean, affect them yeah, so it's, much. Maybe it's just specific to the individual, isn't it? I think you sound quite grounded and quite just invested in your job and not what was actually going on in the bigger picture. But have you had any effects once you left the military? Uh, a little bit, maybe. I think uh, n- not massively, but a little bit. My one of my best friends actually died when I was on tour. Um, and that affected me for a long, long time, because I think you you sort of plan things in that for when you get home, and then when those things come round and he's not there, that that's probably one of the hardest things I've had to actually deal with. But again, I had people around me, had a really good support network. My brother's in the army, as I said, um, so I was able to talk to him, and yeah, it was. That you don't want me pretty, asking how. Uh, an ID. Oh shit. Yeah. And was he in your team? Yeah, he was. He was still oh about ten God. foot away from me. Sorry about that. That's okay. So you were, it was close to you, man. Yeah, it was How was that not your scariest moment? Well, that was the second scariest <laughs> moment. Uh, again, norm, normal sort of patrol. Well, you were looking for it? or Looking for it. Uh, I was sort of at the front. He was just sort of off to the one side. Genuinely thought it was me that trolled on something. Went straight down. Just looked. Seen him on the ground. Fuck. So... <laughs> Straight so away, and outside. it didn't get you? No, it didn't get me. Well, that's why I had a perfect eardrum, but I'm really probably quite lucky as well. Uh, I could have easily been on that side. Again, I try not to think about this too much. I could have been on that side, and it could have been me, or I could have been on that side and I could have found it, and then he would have been fine. So like I said, I don't think that's a good thing to think about too much about. Um, searched over to him, did what we needed to do, got him medevaced. Unfortunately, he died in the helicopter on the way back to Bastion. Um, really, really, really tough. I'm sorry about that. Definitely man. the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. Um, never gonna forget it. I don't think anyone really will. But like I said, but I know, I know it's uh, the wrong way to take such a somber thing. But 
does that make you the man you are today? I going through things like that? Yeah, I think partly it does. Does it make it you hold things a lot closer to you and get rid of bad energy that you don't really need? You know what I mean? Losing yeah, I think, something so close. Yeah, I think I was I was um, pretty easy going before, but you are I think <laughs> that's when the the sort of expression that life's too short actually becomes very very apparent. So when I came back, it took me a, quite a long time to stop thinking about the bad things and start thinking about the good memories that we had together um again every once in a while crops up it's 10 year anniversary last year um i saw sweeps mum it was it was really really hard and i think that was that wasn't any, anything i was ever really aware of for like i said mental health is it is a massive thing now but even even then this is 2010 it wasn't such a you know they were they were bringing it in it's nowhere near as aware as where as people now, but before that, slightly less. But that 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 time, especially being in the arm, I think, well, I maybe could have spoke about it a bit more, or I could have done this, I could have done that, blah blah blah. I just kind of kept it to myself to a certain extent because I think you think, well, if you talk about it, then maybe people will think differently of you, or maybe there is like a weakness thing coming Do you in think there. that could be a problem with a lot of PTSD and, and mental health in general, that people just don't talk? 100%. 100%. I think a lot, of, with men as well, you've got that sort of macho pride. I think pride's a good word to explain yeah. why a lot of people don't talk about it. As well as, it's my problem. It's not your problem. But then, it, and if I share that with you, then it does become your problem. And I don't, you don't want like pity or anything. It's certainly... Like I said, when you're in the army, you're sort of the big I am, confident guy. That I think maybe I maybe just thought that that would like bring me down a little bit. Yeah, which is stupid. I know now we're absolutely ridiculous to think that because I should have just and I did I did speak about to people that I wanted to speak to about it. A lot of other people that had not been away or you know maybe some friends and family. I didn't want to talk to them because how how could they possibly understand? Yeah, but that's just one scenario. Do you feel that it may could have come from? Do you feel like why not me? Uh, not anymore. I, I did. I did for a little bit, but like I say, I don't. I don't think that's a good thing to think about. No. Um, Which maybe that's why think... you're worried to speak about it. Mm, Macho maybe, man thing again. Maybe. Like people might. People maybe are, a little people bit. People thinking this. People are saying that. People... Maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> Things. If you start seeing. If I was to start seeing things like that, then I'd maybe just think, well, that's taking something away from his, yeah, him, yeah, and I would, I would never do that. So, I maybe thought about it for a few days or whatever afterwards. If we'd have done something different, then he might still be here, or if he'd have been over to the left or or whatever, anything like that, then it, you know, it might not have been the situation that that we're unfortunately in. But I think. You don't have to talk to people you don't think you want to talk to about it because that's a big thing. Like, like when you said you were going to come and do this, I was so excited. And the reason why I was so excited is because of how much of a close book you'd been. But yeah. you'd been a close book to the other people, to the right people. Whereas when I started prodding, you were happy to slowly open up. Whereas the dude that randomly comes to you and said, well, you've ever shot anyone. And yes, you, and you get 
One, the first thing you don't ask someone, and secondly, especially someone who might have lost somebody. Yeah, yeah. How do they know what you've gone through while you're at the military? It's um, not all bloody action, man. And yeah, absolutely. And I think games. People, yeah, people don't people don't think that, and they think that yeah, it's all yeah, shooting someone. How amazing would that be? Well, it's not. I mean, I have never shot someone. And I'm quite glad to say that I've never shot someone now. Um, but I'm I couldn't be even pr- any more prouder to say that I've saved people's lives. And that's that's definitely what I take away from that question. I don't think. I mean, I would have asked. I think I did even ask when I went to basic training and I was like that person who asked me, I asked my force crew, well, have you ever killed anyone? And he was like, don't ask me that. And I totally, as time went on, I totally appreciate why because yeah. that's just not a nice so question. So you kind of get why that lad asked it, but yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to open up to that type of person. I don't really, to be honest, I don't open up to a lot of people. Whereas I, I was intrigued that. and that's why I do what I do this because I love it and I, yeah. I've learned when I speak to everyone, I take that to life. Everyone I speak to, I take something. Yeah, yeah. Something, th- there could be one thing in the next hour that I will take away, which is why I do the podcast, because then 10 people could take away, 30 people could take away. And there's things you've said to me today that will make me grow up, yeah. which will make me think, will make, oh, I might change my mind either positively or negatively about something, but it just makes me think. And I, Yeah, and I think that's only a good thing. I thought about earlier that you were going to ask me questions like that, and I thought, well, maybe I just won't say anything, but then I think like you've said to me things like that before that someone's actually said that you've helped them and i think that if if that if my situation and me being the way that i am i am i am a bit of a closed book at the start and a lot trust is is earned certainly it takes me a little while to open up to people and that's not something that i tell people certainly that story is not something that i tell people um but like I said, going back to the mental health thing, that's such a, a massive issue now. And there'll be loads of guys out there, certainly ex-military guys, that have been through far worse things than me. And I think if you can share an experience like that and it helps one person, great. Yeah. Absolutely great. And it's not something that I'm ashamed of, you know, the situation that I was in. Please check out waxandrelaxdoublex.co.uk. They smell amazing and they're handmade they're handcrafted by the people who sell them we've got one pumping in the studio right now just behind uh the camera and it smells beautiful in here you think it was some sort of a beauty parlor um and you can get them at www.waxandrelaxdoublex on the relax guys because it's just double the amount of relaxing when you get these bad boys flowing dot co dot uk sponsor of this podcast i'm not ashamed of how we dealt with it and Maybe it could have been better, but I'm certainly not ashamed of it. That is part of me now, and it will always be part of me. But talking about it, you know, with people we've known. Oh, to be fair, we haven't actually known each other that long, like, <laughs> like just now. But I we've got like a, people, yeah, we've got a connection, in it, and I think expressing yourself and opening up about things like that, that that have been difficult in the past will not only help explain me, but might help someone else. Oh, one hundred percent. Open up and talk about it. 100%. So, like the imposter syndrome that Josh spoke about on his military one, yeah. I think there'd be a lot of people that listen to that and think, well, I'm in the same boat and there's not just me that's thinking that. Point, absolutely. Um, and the other side of things, like the same with you, with a loss or the PTSD or the way they think about things after. Like I say, if one person can take away from that, which yeah. is why I do what I do. Um, but I just love talking to people. And like I say, what you've said today, I will remember and that could change me. And how I react or how I think or yeah. how I approach something. Like maybe I'd have rocked up and said to someone, have you ever killed anyone before? Yeah. But you speak to someone, you tell me that story months ago. And I'm like, actually, well, now, like, what a stupid thing to ask someone. Yeah, a little bit. And how someone felt. But then as soon as you were a closed book, I was like, I want to get 
I was nearly said I want to get inside him then. That sounded quite sexual. Um, and <laughs> I wanted to get to know more, which was even worse for me because I'm Curious. like that. That's Curious. my problem. I can. It can go the other way though, which is why I feel one why I love doing this is I feel people want to talk to me. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. No, no, very but easy to talk to. I've always been the same. I always know if someone's upset. Yeah. Even if they're just sat there, are you all right? Yeah. Are you? You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? And I. No, I don't want to. Come on. And I just know, I just know, I get a feeling, I can, I can get a feeling that people just aren't all right. Yeah. And as soon as you were so close with that dude who asked that question, and then I was questioning you, you didn't really know me, and I was just slow with the questions, and I was thinking what I was going to ask you. Yeah, like you I were said, very slow, very slow, and I was like, he's got some stories to tell. I have got some stories to tell, but I've, I've been very, very lucky, the people I've had around me. Um, Your bodyguards. Not not so much worried about it. At, at the time, the the teams that I was working with, uh, one of my friends, Mark, he, I don't know if I'd have done so well if he wasn't there. Yeah. So well, people, that, to look my brother, you. certainly my best friend. Uh, I don't know, and I think it's important to have, and it doesn't need to be a lot of people. It certainly doesn't need to be like, even if it's only one person that you can talk to and confide in, and just share something with that you're struggling with. It really, really helps. Oh, 100%. That was, um, I don't know if you've, probably not, but you're a very busy man, but the episode that we I did with the, the mental health lad who's now changed, turned his life around and wants to become a mental health uh, ambassador. Yeah, and that's absolutely and fantastic. It. And he'd been in a point where his life had just got so much on top of him, yeah. he was ready to end it. And then he realised that um, when people actually end their life, they're not them. Yeah. And he said, they are not them. Um, and he turned that round of, well, I knew that I wanted to end my life, so I'm me, so I have control. Yeah. And he turned far that, far turned far that negative round into it. Yeah. Um, and just, just the fact that he could do that and speak about it was was amazing, and he was saying that the, the turnaround point with him was he sat there having the thoughts, realised that he was himself still, yeah. and he knew that he wanted to end it, which then knew that he actually had some control over it. Yeah. Went and spoke to one person, and the upward slope went from there. And that's what it takes. Literally, up upward slope, and he got better and better and better. And when I met him, he still wasn't fully, but you could tell. Yeah. But he was getting better and better and better. And all he did was spoke to one person, one person, and then he was the same. He told me stories that day. That oh, I wasn't even ready for it. I, I literally wasn't ready for it. <laughs> um, but same again, changed my life because at the point I just lost my business due to due to what was going on in the pandemic. Yeah. And I was thinking my life was so bad. Well, guess what? It ain't that bad. Yeah, and what? Always someone's got so, so I mean, I took from it because he told me that, and I just changed. Literally left. I left the studio thinking, I need to sort my shit out because no. I ain't I ain't got it that bad. No. Like he's just told me that he tried to end he wanted to end his life yeah and I was like fucking get over yourself Sam <laughs> get over yourself I like. think you do get wrapped up in things though in in a sort of day to day life They're exactly that guy there that someone's always got it worse than you and I think specifically like in the past I do not I wouldn't say that I had PTSD and I wouldn't say that I was had any kind of mental um, health issues whatsoever but that doesn't mean that I didn't Maybe it was only small, but I think because I dealt with it, I feel like I dealt with it pretty well and had the opportunity to deal with it very well and the people to speak to. 
it didn't that's it that's didn't that's it right me. there isn't it the people me. the people to speak to the yeah. people to open up to the people to be able to share not take that on you and and they can even go actually yeah that was quite bad you should feel that way or even no you shouldn't feel that way like even if it's that even if it's saying yeah you should feel that way yeah, you, yeah. it takes that weight of should i shouldn't i feel this way i think you just need as well guys might be watching this or actually themselves or have, have lost someone that they now know that there is someone out there that's been through a similar experience than them and they're you know a random person that they're seeing online it's not i'm just i'm just you like i wouldn't say i've had a, i've had a pretty good life i think things have happened but things have happened to everyone it's how you deal with it right no one's had a good life there's i don't think there is such a thing i did a post i did a post about this week um saying i used to be someone who would get wrapped up yeah it was with, with the littlest things and it would worry me for days yeah. or i would my family would suffer because i would be worried about it yeah and it now is to how i deal with that situation um i don't know work the other day someone who listens to the podcast has literally rocked up to me and said the audio was shit last week and i got et up for about three hours about it like you don't understand how much effort i put into this da, yeah. da, da, da. Yeah. and then someone else then said to me it was quite weird i i then spoke to someone about it they then said to me well could you make the audio better and i was like well well yeah that he was like well there you go then, it, then. take it as a positive yeah 100 take it that he's telling you you need to be better and you can be better i think anyone that's got a capability to turn negative into a positive is is and that's something i've had to change and it was quite funny my brother had anger problems when he was younger i kind of maybe fell onto that i was yeah. like well yeah my brother's got it and i would react so defensively and i'd just use anger to, to react to it yeah literally well, so everything. that was maybe normal to do it everything um, and that's one thing that I have worked on. Maybe the last two or three years is to find a positive in everything. I think um, you need to. Life is too short. Yeah, definitely to be back Make to most of it with idiots and idiot comments. Yeah. <laughs> from, certainly from from I've done loads of things that I wouldn't have done. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done if it wasn't for what happened, but like I just said, it's made me me now, and I'm just me. It's not made me who I wanted to be or who who I am. It's just made me me. Yeah through that experience and again it wasn't just me it didn't just happen to me it happened to a lot of people and certainly his family um had it far worse than i did and they're still dealing with that a lot worse than i am yeah like that i've lost my friend which is horrible but to lose a son or a brother or and which unfortunately happened on a daily basis and i think that's the sort of thing that you need to deal with in, in the ministry you say that you're like, it's not as bad but you were there you were next to him yeah but sometimes you i were. think that might be better not better but like you've seen it so you know it's happened whereas if you're thousands of miles away and you just heard that it's happened i think there's that sort of disbelief i think yeah. the hardest the hardest thing is with probably a lot of guys in the military now ex-military will, will certainly agree that you can't you don't really get to go to the funeral because it happened so far away because the body i mean you carry on what you're doing and then obviously the body comes back and they have the funeral but you're you're away so um, oh sorry you I thought you meant the parents the family sorry no no like uh, as I said the body, the body will get flown back through um, probably not in that and then yeah. the, the, the funeral happened back at home but we were still working away we had a, we had a few days off and then we went straight back out on the ground like get back into it rather than sort of dwell on dwell it too much it. so that was difficult so when I came back um, all the pay, all the newspaper clippings and that my, my best mate saved and I watched watched the visual and that and that was tough as well and it kind of just came again yeah. and I think it just takes a lot of things is that to, a bit of closure though uh, no, funnily enough no because 
you talk about loads of shit when you're on tour i was going to buy a motorbike that never happened um <laughs> things you're going to do you plan things holidays etc etc for like the next year so the things that we planned that didn't happen obviously when they came around it well, i thought about it again yeah like it got me down looking back maybe there was a bit of like I don't want to say depression. I don't really like to use the word depression, but in and around there, like it did make me sad. But then again, fortunately, I had the people around me. And then you move on, and like I said, now I don't look back, and uh, it is a negative. I don't look back at the memory, the memories that we have of just that one day. Like I look back at the times where we used to argue, like husband and wife, um, such good friends, like the, you know the positives that the relationship we had before look at that the, the good times that we had which i think is a good thing to be able to do yeah i think like you say though it's, it's the planning it's like if you lose anyone close to you it's that planning of what could have happened which is like my death my me my fear of death and stuff carries on yeah you're now you're that you're that person but yeah, you said yeah, it affects yeah. the people on the outside of yeah. you it's, it, you're the other side of that where you're having to carry on without that person and that's yeah, it's harder for the people that are left behind 100 I, I can understand where that it gets it could get to you because you had this plan that plan this can't happen be without that person and um but i think it takes a special kind of person to get through that as well as his family that have got through it as well a special kind of person to get yeah, through tough, that and tough, same tough again to turn it into a positive and like you say there's probably things that you wouldn't have done in life or yeah, said be, yeah. or been undone be. or i bet it creeps into your mind because i know with me it would be with me like shall i do this and it would be there he never got the chance to. Well, fucking, I'm doing it then. Yeah. Or I might never get the chance to. I'm fucking doing that and whatever. There was a actually a guy at work the other day uh, that had a seizure. Yep. That kind of, and I was like the first person or the second person there to be fair, and I kind of did him with that situation. And that brought up a little. So I went outside and had five minutes. That that sort of brought a few memories back. It was really weird. I, and bet, I think like... it's just small things like that. But again, you turn it around. He was, he was a great Not guy. just that though, because like guy. you say, I, I bet he was. Um, big shout out to him. Um, I bet you, with you being, the, it's a professional person to not want to speak about it, but being the person you are, keeping it closed up, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't. It's not. It's gonna happen. When like, things like happen to you, I don't. It's like it's not. When things happen to you about the army, you hear people telling you all these war stories and bragging about things that they've done. It's never done. Never happened. I'm not saying it's never done, but. <laughs> It's the people that don't really talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. Like, it's not... At the time, certainly much closer to the time, it wasn't anyone else's business. Yeah. And all that stuff is happening. Like you said, when you die, the world goes on. When you're away, people do... I'm not saying people don't care, but the world just... The world goes on. Yeah. And then when you get back and it's not it's not consuming other people, like, it's consuming you, like... Yeah. What the fuck? They're just going there normal. Let's go shopping. Let's yeah. go do this. I'm like, well... I missed you. Love you. And you're We've just gone through all this. Yeah. And again, all we had, people had it much worse than me. I'm sad. I'm glad. I'm glad you did speak about it though, because it's it, it probably something that could could affect people, which is where a lot of PTSD and stuff probably comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a story of a man who um, everybody who you know, this is not a racist comment. Everybody who wasn't white, yeah, he would get angry, like naturally, yeah, like and he had to he had to have a lot of help, and he he used to break down because he didn't want to feel like that, yeah, but because he'd been attacked by foreign people for so long that was just ingrained in him and and he didn't get help hadn't got help from it and i think is that a bad thing after the military do you just get let go and that's it or do you get looked after do you get help uh more help now 
mm-hmm. more help now it's it's sort of more more apparent and more people are aware of it so like i said before you know back in the day it was just weakness it was actually in the and paper was, that, that story was actually in the paper yeah um, it was local um and just where he was shopping out or whatever he could just have this trigger yeah. and just lose it literally lose it i'm sure it's it's probably things well i'm definitely sure that's quite common uh, sort of things like that's happening. Boys in the military, girls in the military, they're dealing with a lot of horrible shit. And depending on how long you've been in, like I said, it back in the day it was nothing. It wasn't a thing. Mental health wasn't a thing. Like if you're struggling, you're weak. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. So. To talk about it's weak. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Or you have like banter about it, or you just make a joke about it, and so maybe that helps some people. But it wasn't really the opportunity to express yourself or get it out there apart from to your little group. And if all your little groups dealt with the same thing, they're probably having the same issues that you're having. Yeah. But it's all, again, that weakness thing, which is abs- now, even more so, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Care and sharing. Oh, definitely. And that's the one thing I do love about it. I hate that it's ended up being a... Well, it hasn't actually, so I don't hate it. That was a lie. I like that it's being brought to the forefront. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit of a... It's getting cool to talk about it now. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go the wrong way, where too many people are screaming mental health when it's not mental health. Yeah, and I think that's that's because issue it's with cool a lot to things. scream it. Yeah, that's the issue. With a lot but of I do, ha- I do like it that it's comfortable for people to now express. Yeah. I did it when I was so I was vlogging when I lived in America and uh, I did a video talking about Alex. She'd been and then she'd gone and I actually did a video after dropping her off and I was just talking and talking and talking about blah 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 and I just burst out crying. Yeah. And I'll um and ah and um and ah and shall I keep it in the video? And I kept it in the video, and then I posted it on Instagram. And the amount of people I got saying like, "Oh, you're so brave, you're so this, you're so that," for crying. And like, Why? It's like I'm a man. I'm a man crying because my girlfriend's gone home. There's nothing wrong with crying too. Like, well, now I'm an fiance. Yeah. And it's like, but that was the stigma behind it. Yeah. And I think even in two years, it's changed. That yeah. People would be like, okay, well, like that's sick. Well done for standing up. Not. It was. It was just so like. Ugh, ugh. And I was like. I didn't put it on there for that. I put it on there for you to see me crying. Like, yeah, it's normal. Because people cry and men cry. Yeah, everyone cries. Um, so I am happy that it is coming more to the forefront of people's yeah. minds. Yeah. It's becoming more comfortable to talk about. Um, and I hope it gets more. So military personnel, um, security personnel, prison personnel, NHS personnel. NHS, we'll yeah, talk absolutely. about it. Uh, my, my best friend... Um, He's had times in the in the prison service that, and he's a man. I won't talk about it. Yeah. And I have to do my little prodding. Come on, because he's my security, and he's the hard one out of the two of us. Yeah. And he's the tough man. So he, I'll cry on his shoulder, but he won't cry on mine because he's the man. And I'm like, tell me, come on. And I have to that cry, to, like I said, cry. He probably doesn't want to tell you because then that becomes your problem. So although he, you know, it's not necessarily the right way to go. He he believes his wholeheartedly that he's doing that for you. Yeah. No, he's not. Good guy, like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, a good guy. Um, but he, uh, he, I don't know, I think it is it's that tough guy persona. Yeah, and everyone probably thinks that about him. Because so he, refuse, well, he, he refuses he refuses to go to the help at work. Yeah. They've got a, what little help they have, yeah. which I think is next to none in nearly every, like the military, I'm, I might be wrong, but I feel like it's not there enough. I feel like it should be the first thing you get when you come home, first thing you get when you leave, first thing you get like every now NHS. You, now you do, now you do. NHS, you'd be for have it. The security service, the prison service, they should have it. Like it should be on lock whenever you want it or whenever you don't want it. Because yeah. when you don't want it is when you're actually worse. Yeah. When you want it, 
it's normally someone like who's oh come on i need a bit of pat on the head to say i'm okay when you don't want it is when it's the problem i feel when you're hiding away from it and saying i don't want to help the thing that certainly in the military it's it's uh, an issue now there's um a trim course so guys guys that have been, have been through similar experience to you go on a course like it is a mental health awareness course as it were um and then you get the opportunity to talk to them again you don't necessarily have to but you can if you want to this is what 10 years ago now a little bit less than that so it, it is a, it is an issue now it is a thing now and i think i hope that kind of spreads out certainly the, like the nhs what they're dealing with now right is <laughs> far worse yeah. than what a lot of other people are dealing with and that's massively out of their sort of not area of expertise but they're massively out of their, out of their like scope that's not they'll never have to well, i hope they'll never have to do anything like this again yeah. but it's going on and on and on and there are just amazing i think how they're dealing with it yeah, they don't get much training i had i had a an itu doctor on uh, itu doctor sorry uh on on the podcast and yeah yeah a uh, m- month after she'd been in itu she was one of the first doctors to react to the first wave um and they had about two weeks training if yeah. that um, yeah, must be tough. didn't know how to put the gear on and literally when same again until it happened to them they didn't ah it won't happen that's the thing isn't it? boom night shift there was only two of them on shift got their first call putting this gear on they didn't really know what they were doing yeah. is it on properly is it not on properly i don't want to catch it this person's yeah, exactly, actually really yeah. bad oh my god it's yeah, actually yeah. real yeah, uh, um and getting forced into it uh and uh, it's very lucky she's someone who likes to talk so I, I i'd say it probably doesn't affect her as much as some people yeah um but i do feel that 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 needs to be there for people um, in the ser- in all those services, what you call them, the national services, or well, the NHS, the army, yeah, the yeah, 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 all service. the emergency services. Yeah, 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 yeah all the absolutely. emergency services. Absolutely. I feel like it needs to be up here in priority now. Um, as soon as they come out, just to make sure, just to stop all this, the, the suicides and all that stuff, and just to, to like you say, to be in that line of in that role of job, in that line of work, you're tough, and that's where people struggle to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're working down the nail bar, Susan down the nail bar, she ain't tough. And she'll tell you about all her problems. <laughs> but someone who's in the military or in the security service or in the NHS, they're tough people. And tough people to don't be, want yeah, to talk about to it. Um, so I, I do feel like it needs to be there and there should be something. Um, like I say, it, it, shout out, guys, if, it, if it's already there. But I feel if I don't know about it, it's not that much of a big thing. Potentially. <laughs> um, I feel like it's such a big problem. Everyone should know if there's some help there. I mean, I'm sure there probably is something. There it's more new. Uh, no, I, I should ask you, have you know. ever heard about this? Like, you've heard of Cancer Research UK, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how big it should be. That's how big it should be. You should know. Everyone knows Cancer Research UK. Well, we should all know about a charity or something that's trying to help service services. I'll be really surprised there's not, man. I'm, I'll be really, really surprised there's not. I'm going to look so, for it. So Someone's going to shout on here no, now. Yeah, like, Sam, you're so, slagging yeah. this off. I'm not slagging it off. I'm just saying it should be. I'm saying it should be. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> I'm sure it's there. Wow, that was sick, man. Let's wrap it up there. Um, thank you for finally coming in. No problem. It's um, it took a while. It has took a while. Um, thank you for opening up. Thank you it's for okay, sharing man. your stories. Um, I hope Stu's stories uh, resonate with some people and can help a few people. Um, if you need to talk to someone, I'm here, man. Reach out on my social medias. Um, I'm not going to flood people with Stu because Stu's got his own problems to sort of at the moment. But speak to me and I can point you in the right direction to people or head to discover 
Mines, uh, which the dude I had on the podcast, he's great uh, with with all that mental health stuff. So yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem at all, mate. And let's wrap that episode up there. Okay. Please check out Wax and Relax Double X dot co dot UK.